Hello, welcome to Millennial Message. My name is Amelia. Thank you very much for joining me, guys. So it has been a while, guys. I yeah, I've missed I've missed being here with you on the podcast. Of course, there's been a lot going on, so do excuse me for taking a while to get this episode out, but I'll go into a bit more detail as to why it took me so long a little bit later. Um, but first I wanted to just say that I'm here sitting in my garage. I do still live with both my mum and my brother as I am saving for an apartment. And yeah, I'm sucking it up and living at home, which is a bit hard at the moment, of course, being in isolation and being home 24-7. But yeah, I'm sitting in the garage because everybody was walking around and not giving me any peace and quiet to record the podcast. So here in the garage, I do apologize if there's any banging, banging or anything going on. I think my neighbor's doing some house renovations. But hey, we're all just making do with the current situation, aren't we? So first, I'd just like to, of course, acknowledge... Everybody who's going through tough times at the moment, for example, if your family member is sick or if you have a friend who's sick, I am sending you all the love in the world and I hope that you are coping and everyone is looking out for each other. Um, Those who have lost work, lost, you know, or even just reduction in work or have been put on standby from their jobs, again, send you my love. Of course, it's it's a horrible situation when you're put in financial strain, as well as just, you know, losing your your purpose and your day-to-day routine. So sending my love to all those people as well. And of course, a big shout out to all of the health workers and all the essential workers. My mum works in the disability sector and is an essential worker and is going to work every day still. And obviously it's a tough situation for, for people who do have to do so. But again, sending all my love and thinking of you all. And my final shout out would just be to to everybody because you might feel, oh, you know, I'm not an essential worker. I haven't lost my job. My situation really hasn't changed that much, but I'm still feeling really stressed, really down and I'm just not coping very well. A shout out to you as well. There is no shame. Everybody is handling everything in, you know, as as well as we can. We're all under under stress and have been thrown into this new world. So a shout out to everybody and just everybody's doing what they can and that's all we can ask. Alrighty, so before we get into this week's topic, I I kind of wanted to just give a bit of an explanation to you guys as as why I dropped off with the podcast and, you know, it's been quite a while since I released an episode. And to be honest, I just had to shut down for a little bit and just figure out how I felt about the current situation and how I was going to deal with this sense of doom that has kind of come across, come across the world and come across and into everyone's lives. So yeah, I just took a bit of time to figure out, uh, you know, what I should be doing. There was this pressure that, we should all be productive and we're never going to get this time back again. Like, you know, the days that we would dream of having a whole week at home to get everything organized or those jobs that we said we'll do and we just never get around to them. But at the same time, balancing the guilt that, you know, we're in a really high stress situation and that sometimes we just want to crawl up, watch Netflix, eat bad food and, that is what we need just to kind of get through the day. So I've just kind of been balancing this this pressure of, you know, maybe I should learn a language, maybe I should develop this new skill and put this time to use and, you know, write a book. Not that I'm going to write a book, but, you know, just this sense that we should make the most of this time that we're never going to get back and balancing that with feeling guilty about just doing things that are getting getting us through the day. Also, I've been working on trying to figure out how to get through in the sense that I, I've not lost my job. I'm just working from home 
and I have not been, you know, my financial situation has not changed. I have a a roof over my head. None of my friends or family or anyone I know is unwell. So just figuring out how I deal with this sense of I, I don't feel okay. I haven't felt okay for about a month now and, and why? So that, that guilt of I, I shouldn't feel upset, I shouldn't feel down because I'm not one of the ones that has been affected really. My life hasn't changed that much and there are so many people in such horrible situations and the whole world has been turned on its head for most people in there for their lives and I have friends that have you know, lost jobs or have been put on standby for work but none of that has happened to me but why do I have this feeling that I'm not okay and how do I deal with this guilt of I shouldn't feel like this but I do. So yeah, just being working through those feelings as well as figuring out why I always feel the need to be busy. So before this whole situation, I was always someone that if you said, hey, Amelia, you need to stay home for the whole day today, that would fill me with dread. I would be going crazy, stir crazy by lunchtime, someone that has to go out and do something. And now you've gone and locked me in my house for over about a month now. And me just trying to process why, why do I always feel the need to be busy and to be out and why (laughs) it's a bit funny. I was just, just thinking the other day. So if I'm so obsessed with being out and being busy and not being home, why is my, my main goal at the moment for me to save money, save a deposit so I can then purchase an apartment, which is obviously then investing all this money into something that will support me into living and to being at home. It's, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit funny that I'm focusing so much on this goal that focuses on, you know, being at home and enjoying being inside where when that actually causes me a lot of stress and is something I don't enjoy. So yeah, anyway, just a little tangent there. But yeah, I think I just wanted to to process why I can't be okay being at home you know, there's lots of activities, lots of things to do at home, but why I always feel the need to, to be out. And a little conclusion that I've come to, I think, is that I I maybe I do always need to be busy and doing things is because I can't be still and can't be alone with my own thoughts. I'm always someone listening to a podcast or listening to music, always have something going on in the background. And I think it's because I don't like sitting with myself and with my own thoughts. So yeah, just a little bit of reflecting been happening. So not going to lie, I have had a couple of breakdowns, which again, I feel really guilty about because nothing in my life has really changed that much. Yes, my day-to-day activities have changed, but I haven't been impacted as severely as most of, you know, most of the people in Australia and most other people in the world. So yeah, a few breakdowns, a few, you know, doom and gloom days, but it's okay. I'm, I'm, you know, establishing a new, a new normal, new patterns, new routines, and just being thankful for my health, for my friends and family's health, and for having a roof over my head. But anyway, that is, that's why we're here. We're here now because I've done a bit of thinking, done a bit of reflecting, and I think it's time now that I'm able to speak to you guys and to record the podcast. I thought as well, it would be worth flagging while we're having this discussion that everyone deals with situations differently. And for some of you, you'll be sitting there rolling your eyes saying, you didn't lose your job. Nothing has changed in your life. I am fighting to pay my rent, to get food on the table. I'm fighting to feed my family. 
Um, you know, you can't sit there and complain. I, I truly understand everybody is processing and dealing with the situation differently, but I wanted to give a shout out and make sure that people are, you know, keeping in touch with friends and family. And if you are not feeling okay and you need some assistance and need to talk to someone, please reach out to mental health services like Lifeline wonderful services. And even if you just need to chat to someone and just to process some emotions, definitely worth doing. So yeah, I think we all just need to be kind and look out for each other at the moment and not to judge how people react to a situation. We're all dealing with the stress differently and it's, there's really no wrong or right way to deal with it. Well, of course there's wrong ways. Don't go looting or, you know, stealing things or harming people or hurting people, but Definitely everybody's dealing with the situation differently. So let's just all be kind and be accepting of that. This disease has shattered lives, disrupted markets and exposed the competence or lack thereof of governments and will lead to permanent shifts in political and economic power in ways that will only become apparent in the future. We've all been catastrophizing a little bit more than we usually would and catastrophizing is really bad for mental health. We've been catastrophizing about what will happen in our personal lives, what will happen to our jobs, what could happen with our health, like if we were to get sick, what could happen to our family and to our friends, what will happen in the future for our community, for Australia's economy and for the global economy, for for the world, what is going to happen? We've been playing out all these scenarios in our head, but it is really bad and really affects people's mental health. So to make sense of the ground shifting beneath us, I've been doing a little bit of thinking and trying to focus on using a rose-colored lens to look at the world and to have a you know half glass half full perspective and to look on the bright side. And it sounds a little bit lame, but I think we need a little bit of that in our lives right now, and it really can go a long way. So we're just going to explore a few topics at the moment using that lens, and I hope it does bring a little bit of light and a little bit of joy and a little bit of perspective, I I would say, to the situation and to your world. Alrighty, so now that we've all got our rose-coloured glasses on and the world's looking a little bit brighter, we can acknowledge that there's actually a few good things that may emerge from this situation, and it's really worth us giving them some airtime and focusing on them. I, of course, number one, have to start with that Easter eggs have been half price since the middle of March. Literally, you can even get the caramel chocolate, the one that was, you know, you couldn't find on any shelf and everyone's obsessed with and people were buying blocks and blocks of it when it was released, all half price everywhere. Now, I'm not saying rush to the shops and go touch everyone and lick everyone and get too close to them. No, please be careful. Social distancing, only go to the supermarket when required. But how exciting is that? That is one positive that we've had chocolate half price since the middle of March. I've stocked up already and it's not even, Easter hasn't even happened yet. And I've got all these eggs really cheap. So there, rose colored glasses are working. We have cheap chocolate. Amazing. Number two, it may be the end of globalization as we know it. This virus, this pandemic, this situation has really brought into question our reliance on long distance supply chains in terms of companies sourcing everything from other countries. And it goes through 10 people's hands before it even gets to Australian borders. And for us to re-examine the importance of human rights within these supply chains and the effects that it can have on individuals' lives. The basic tenets of global manufacturing is actually being undermined. The whole idea that we place an order and we get it in Australia. It's at our dock. 
you know, within a week, a new a new clothing line, anything like that, that products are made quickly, they're made, you know, on demand. We don't actually store anything within Australia. We just send out the request. We want this made. We want it here in two weeks. We want it made quickly, cheaply, fastly. We don't really care how you guys do it. And if you do start questioning those, you know, our timeframes or our costs, hey, we'll find another country or another factory that will do it better, faster, cheaper, and we won't require you anymore. So really this, this whole situation has just made us question, is that the best model? Is, is the bottle broken? And my answer is, of course, the model's broken. We've already explored some of the human right implications for those working in the garment sector in our episode, I was going to say last week, no, in our previous episode, and in our supply chains, the issue of modern slavery and companies not actually knowing what is going on within their supply chain. They just know that they've got a contract with this particular factory or this particular organization. They don't actually know what that organization does, who they subcontract to, and the the modern slavery issues and human rights issues within their supply chain. So it's really ensuring that companies actually need to demand more information from their suppliers, as in where are these products coming from, how are they being created, who's creating them, what are the conditions around in which these products are being created, what are the conditions for the people. And it's actually really good in a way that we are questioning all of this because the system was really broken. The fact that we rely on all these different countries to do every little thing, we've outsourced everything from Australia. We don't even make cars anymore. We don't have, we don't make anything. It's really brought into the brought into question is this the model that we want and what is what are the parts that are broken with this model and we've we've demonstrated the, the parts are that the, the people in in the supply chain are being abused and they're not getting the right conditions to be working and not meeting the human rights standards that Australia signed on to so it's just it's a good thing that we're, we're questioning this whole model and that globalization can shift and hopefully will shift to be globalization in a new form that respects human rights more, that looks at supply chains and that we have a model that is more ethical, more sustainable and actually values the people making the products. All right, so because we've still got our rose-colored glasses on, we can also conclude that the pandemic itself is proof of our interdependence. So that is my my third point. So it really has highlighted to us that we need to collaborate more as a global community and that borders and boundaries and land, territory, it actually doesn't matter in the end. The virus doesn't give a shit whereabouts you are. It can easily jump on a plane, a boat, can be, I don't know, if someone swam to another country, if someone drove to another country, it doesn't care where it is that boundaries really don't matter and that we are all connected and we all really need to rely on each other and collaborate. And this gives me a little bit of hope for global issues that we're able to come together, put our differences aside and realize that issues are global. And that means that every single country, every single citizen has to be held accountable and has to be part of the solution. So for issues like climate change, it really just it stops people, you know, pointing their finger and saying, but this country does this. Why should we have to pick up their, you know, the burden? And then why do we have to work so hard if they're not? 
because the, the virus has shown us that if one country doesn't do what it should, it should. So if it doesn't shut its borders, if it doesn't contain and doesn't, you know, look after other country citizens that happen to be in your country. And, you know, Australia's demonstrated that in a way. We've obviously tried to send people away. But at the same time, if people are here and they're stuck here, we've said, hey, we will look out for you as well to a degree. But it just has shown that we're all just humans and it really doesn't matter where where we're from and what countries we have ties to because in the end it just was about where you happen to be and that's kind of refreshing. It really shows us that there is there needs to be a shift from this this great focus that has happened in the world on having, you know, power and we need to compete for power and it's shown us that this strategy really is inadequate, especially to, to address issues that are global. Really, 21st century technology, it is global in its distribution and not just in the distribution, though, but also in the consequences. For example, pathogens, AI systems, digital currencies like Facebook's new digital currency they're about to launch, which is called Libra, radiation hacking, all of these issues are they all have global consequences. They all affect everyone in the world. They're not just national issues anymore, like back in the day when we weren't as connected as we are now. So there really needs to be agreed reporting systems. There needs to be shared controls. There needs to be common contingency cons- – oh, God, I can't say this word – contingency plans, <laughs> norms, treaties. We all need to be on the same page to aggress – to address these big global issues that we're being presented with. And then we're just going to keep be presented with as technology continues to, to change, to update and companies continue. I just dropped my microphone. All right. I'm back. Got a little bit passionate and was flailing my arms around and knocked over the microphone, but (laughs) it's standing up again and I'm back. So as I was saying, I was on a little bit of a roll, but anyway, I'll try to pick up where I left off, which was as companies continue to grow and become more global, more connected, and that companies, not many companies are nationally based anymore. There are so many that are globally based and serving so many different markets worldwide. So yeah, I think the pandemic, having my rose-colored glasses on, it really just has it just shown us that how connected we are and how much we depend on each other and really that it takes every single country coming together to defeat an, a pandemic. It really does. And that gives us hope that we can do that to, to deal with and address other issues such as climate change, such as world poverty and such as the bloody robots taking over in the future. Cause God knows the, <laughs> the advances in technology that are happening, they're just going to cause so many more global issues and the consequences are going to be global and that means that we need to come together as global citizens to address them so yeah I guess it's just a bit of a test run for us all coming together and to to realize that we need to put our differences aside and that we all have a common goal all right so point four you don't even actually need to have rose-colored glasses on to come to this conclusion i would say and to see this point you can have normal colored clear lenses and i think that you will hopefully come to this conclusion as well and that is that in every country right now we can see the power of the human spirit which is fucking amazing and beautiful And it sounds a bit, you know, woo-woo talking about the human spirit, but the human spirit is just that drive and 
us all coming together and caring for each other and just realizing that we're all we're all the same and it's really nice you know all us skipping and holding hands together and world peace all of that stuff but really just to see the power of the human spirit in every single country there's examples of this power citizens demonstrating resilience and you know locking themselves up for weeks on end for those who are vulnerable within their communities, putting their own needs aside, even when these people are in their own financial stress, have their own issues, you know, looking after their businesses to keep them going. And of course, a shout out for the doctors, the nurses, the political leaders that are all standing up, being strong, being leaders for the community and giving us all faith that we're going to get through this this pandemic and through the situation. It really shows you that so much of the best in people comes out in a moment of crisis. We saw this with the bushfires that, you know, Australia was able to rally together and raise so much money and, you know, give so much assistance to the communities that were affected, especially those, you know, the firefighters that were putting their lives on the line and sacrificing their holidays, particularly the volunteer ones. But it just shows you that, yeah, we we all are... Actually, well, okay, this is controversial, but I do think humans are inherently good and do want the best for each other and want everybody to be happy. That's really controversial because, of course, there's so many examples in the world and we see it every day with 24-hour news cycle of horrible things happening. But it does remind us that there is a, a glimpse of hope and that we all do want to do the right thing and we want to look out for each other and that we care about strangers. Isn't that lovely that we're all sitting here in our houses? I don't have any elderly family that lives in Australia. I don't really know anyone who's really that vulnerable, maybe a couple of people. But I'm sitting here because I don't want anybody else who is vulnerable, who I don't know, but I still don't want them to get sick. I don't want to put other people at risk. Of course, I don't also want to get a fine of $1,600 or however much it costs for me to go and break the rules and to be outside. But I'm actually here sacrificing, making sacrifices, small sacrifices, of course, but still sacrifices for people that I don't know, people that I'll probably never meet. And that's really refreshing to see that people are willing to do that. It shows us that we're not all selfish and want to just consume and want to you know, be in competition with everybody. It really reminds us that we are all connected and we're all kind of looking out for each other, which I think is nice. So we as a global citizen, as a national citizen and as a community member, a family member, we're all coming together to save a life. It really blurs cultural boundaries and even national boundaries, as I was saying before. It really blurs blurs professional boundaries as we invite our colleagues into our homes which makes me laugh. You you really learn about people in ways you had no idea before. When you see them in their tracksuits, sitting in their home, you see photos of their family on their wall. It's yeah, it's kind of nice to be invited into your colleagues' homes and just to learn a little bit more about them. And of course, it, it makes us a bit more considerate and want once it makes us want to check in on our colleagues. And I really think it will help form bonds that we weren't able to form in a professional workplace setting as such and I hope that this this like compassion and being considerate for our colleagues and what they're going through I hope this continues on past the situation I really think it will it reminds us of the importance of our friends and that we really need to check in on them particularly particularly checking in on our friends mental health it's not something that we would naturally do or naturally come up 
in conversation very often, but I hope that we're able to continue these patterns of regularly checking in on our friends' mental health. Hopefully they're new habits that we form and that we continue past this, uh, this whole situation. And it's great that it reminds us that we're not individuals and we are, you know, not individuals that the world just happens to, that we're in the world and everybody else is there in the world with us and that we're lucky to be part of a, a species and humanity and a, a period in time when we're all able to collaborate and interact and look out for each other and work together. I know that's a little bit of a stretch in terms of you're lucky to be this species, to be a human, but it's great that we're able to interact, communicate, check up on each other, that we we are social. So before I get a bit woo-woo, I thought it'd be great just to finish off with this fact and to leave this in your mind. So the probability of you being born is about one in 400 trillion. Now you might be like, I don't even know how to write one in 400 trillion how many zeros does 400 trillion have i'm not sure to be honest but it's a lot i'll read out this little saying let's call it and that will kind of help contextualize this number imagine that there was one life-saving ring like the ones that you find on boats or at the swimming pool and that is thrown somewhere in the ocean so any ocean in the entire world it is thrown there Now, exactly one turtle in all of these oceans is just swimming underwater. So he's randomly swimming somewhere in the world in an ocean. The probability that you came to be in this world as who you are is the same as that one turtle sticking its head out of the water and into that life-saving ring on one try. It's pretty crazy. So anywhere in the ocean, one turtle, he's like, hey, look, a life-saving ring. I'm going to put my head inside it. That is the probability of you being born as you. You might be like, whoa, that's really interesting, Amelia, but why are you telling me this fun fact? Well, I was just thinking it's really, really cool that we're even here, we're alive, and that we're us. It's it, The probability of us being us is impossible. It's a miracle that we are who we are. Probability of your parents meeting, probability of your mum's egg and your dad's sperm meeting obviously we don't want to think about that too much it's a bit of a confronting image but the possibility out of all of the thousands of thousands of sperm eggs coming together nearly impossible the the fact that your grandparents that their sperm and egg came together impossible that their grandparents their grandparents their grandparents and on and on and on all of your ancestors had to admit had to have been fertile had to have had a baby had to have had your egg or their egg and that egg, the one that made your relative and that sperm that made your relative come together. The result of those fusion of eggs and sperms all had to happen from the beginning of time, from the bloody, literally the beginning of time, beginning of humans, the Homo erectus and Homo status habilis, blah, 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 blah. From all those things, from the single-celled organism that created the first human, that all had to happen in this particular way for you to be alive, for you to be here, for you to be even here in this pandemic. So the reason I'm mentioning all of this and my my final point is that my rose-colored glasses are kind of reminding me that we are all lucky to be here and to be alive and to be who we are. Every human on earth simply having the privilege to be alive right now is a blessing. You're put on this earth for a reason. 
or were you? Up to you. Depends what you believe, religious-wise or spirituality-wise. But living and being here is amazing. It is amazing that you made it. It is amazing that you even made it, that you happen to be born in this time period where we even have the technology to deal with a pandemic, where we even have the technology for the government to... We have a government, number one, we have a government. The government is able to put in measures that stop millions of people moving, which then enables us to help stop a spread of a virus. That is amazing. It's amazing that we're even able to have the internet, which allows us to learn from other countries and the ways that they are dealing with a crisis. For us to even have the internet that's able to inform governments, to for them to talk to each other and be like, hey, look, we're here in Wuhan, we're having a bit of an issue, just flagging it to the world. Not that they did that straight away. And there's, of course, some controversy around China, how they dealt with the virus. But isn't it amazing that we're able to just have a have a call, have a, a email, have a Skype, have a Zoom, whatever else, that government's able to communicate so quickly, able to share knowledge, able to share tactics, we're able to collaborate to deal with something like this. If you were born in a different time, then good luck, you're on your own. Isn't it amazing that we have all this amazing medical research and all these amazing people who work in the medical field working on a vaccine? Like, vaccine that's a new concept that doesn't didn't exist when there was other pandemics that happened in the world and people just died they just died until everybody died from it and then the last few who left they kind of repopulated the world isn't that amazing like it's it's amazing that we have all these people who are trained who have gone through the health system they know how to deal with medical issues they know how to protect people to treat people that we have all these nurses and doctors that are qualified and they're able to save people's lives. Like, that is amazing. I do apologize. It has started raining quite loudly on this tin roof in the garage. But we've only got a couple more minutes. So please just bear with the background noise for now. So, yeah. We're here. We are lucky to be here. It's a miracle that you are you and you are here now. And that you're alive. And that you exist. And that you're you're a being and that you have your personality, your body type, you look like you, you act like you, like it's amazing that you are here. So my rose colored glasses are really just reminding me that life is short. It's amazing that I'm here and I really just need to make the most of this time. Yes, I'm going to go a little bit crazy being locked inside, but I have a house. I have a roof over my head. I have my family. I have the finances to support myself. I will be okay. We will be okay. Make the most of this time. But of course, do what you need to look after yourself, to take care of yourself. If that involves eating Hungry Jacks and sitting and watching Netflix for the whole day, do it. It's fine. Nobody's judging. We're all, we're all having those days. Number one, more, some of us might be having one of those days every second day. Others might not, but do what you need just to get through. But we also need to just have our rose-coloured glasses on and be like, everything is fine. Everything will be fine. If you do get unwell, of course, it's not great, but you you will likely be okay, particularly the demographic that listens to this podcast. There are people there, amazing people doing amazing work, and they will look after you. Please look after your friends and family and just be thankful that you have them in your life. You You might not physically have them in your life, but you have 
this amazing technology that only existed about, well, what, 20 years ago, the internet maybe got created. You had this amazing technology that enables you to keep in touch and to pretty much have a normal relationship with people. So have your rose-colored glasses on. Thank the people for being in your life. Check in with them. Look after them. Look after yourself and just make the most of this situation. It's it's shitty. It's horrible. But as I said, through all these points that we've explored, it's an opportunity for us to really reconsider and redefine our lives. Our lives internally, as in what do we want? What new routines do we want to establish? What new habits do we want to establish after this? Um, you know, what new priorities? Maybe spending more time with your family is a priority that, you know, kind of got lost along the way. But now that you're sitting with them 24-7, yes, they're annoying, but you want to spend more time with them. As well, externally, we really need to question the current model, the current economic models we have in place, and how can we restart them in a way that is more ethical, more sustainable, and better for us all. God, this rain's got really loud. I do apologize. But yeah, have your rose-colored glasses on, guys. It's it's going to be tough, but we will get there. And there are some some good moments. There are some advantages and some benefits from what is happening to the world. So please, guys, keep those glasses on. Look after yourself and everything, it will be okay. Alrighty, guys. Thank you very much for allowing me in your ears today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe to our Instagram page or follow our Instagram page. It's millennial message underscore podcast. Some great content there and it'll give you a little bit of a cheer up and brighten you up during these times as well. Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on really helps other people find us and yeah, please have a great week. Look after yourself and make sure you stay sane during these crazy times keep those rose-colored glasses on. They will do really, really great things. All right, guys, thank you very much.